This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. It lives 50 feet beneath the streets. It's 36 feet long. It weighs over 2,000 pounds. And it's about to break out. Sewer Shark, based on the hit Sega CD game. Actually, no. Sorry to get your hopes up. It's alligators. Alligators in the sewers. It's an 80s movie, everybody, and that's why you're listening to 80s Revisited. I, of course, am your alligator hunting host, Trey Harris. With me, as always, my uh, Chewbacca to my Han Solo, Jesse Sedgley. I guess that analogy works. I don't know. Yes, I am. Anyway, you know how this goes. It's off the cuff. It's on the spot. And I have mediocre improvisation skills. But anyway, alligator, everybody, celebrating Shark Weeks, plural, here on the podcast. And of course, it's called Alligator Trey. It's not about sharks. Yes, duh. I know. It's a Jaws ripoff. Thus, that's why we're doing it. Because every other shark movie in the 80s that's worth talking about, except one, we've done. And that one will be covered next week. So... Anyway, let's get started. Alligator, released November 14th, 1980. I wasn't even a year old when this graced movie theaters. Uh, IMDb gives it a respectable 6.0. Rotten Tomatoes. Now, this blew me away. 83% critics, 48% audience. So huge, huge gap there. But I would have completely expected the other way Mm. to be uh, more of a critic, panned by critics, audiences liked it kind of movie. But... For some reason, the critics like this movie. <laughs> but uh, estimated $1.5 million budget. Uh, couldn't find it, the opening information. However, it did domestically gross $6.4 million, thus quadrupling almost its budget. Actually, more than, let's see, uh, quadrupling, one, two, three, doing a quick, yeah, over, uh, quintupling its budget uh, in its domestic gross. And unfortunately, as usual with a lot of these movies, especially kind of the, uh, Less popular ones, much less the popular ones as well. No info on worldwide or rentals on it, unfortunately. But I'm sure it made a, it probably made at least another million, I would guess, at least in rentals. Uh, directed by Lewis Teague. He's a veteran of the podcast. He did Cujo, Cat's Eye. So he's got two Stephen King uh, adaptations to his name. He also did Jewel of the Nile and ooh, Navy Seals. Uh, and written by John Salis, Sales, Silas. Not sure how you pronounce his last name. But he also wrote Piranha. Or did the screenplay, I should say, for Piranha, another Jaws knockoff, and The Howling. Uh, And it was based on a story by him and Frank Ray Pirelli. Cinematography was by Joseph Mangine. I'm not making that name up. That's his name. Uh, He also did the sequel, Alligator 2, The Mutation. But he also did several... I don't know. Maybe maybe you could say call it you know barely you know right there at the cusp of B level horror. Uh, actually, not this one. Alone in the Dark's A level horror. Uh, check it out uh, if you haven't seen it. It's got Donald Pleasance, Martin Landau, and Jack Palance in it. It's an older movie called Alone in the Dark. Nothing to do with the video game that came out many years later, or the U.E. Bull directed Christian Slater Slater flop Alone in the Dark. Uh, he also did the cinematography for Neon Maniacs and Others Day, which was recently covered. Uh, I think last season on Joe Bob's Last Drive In. If you're a fan of that. And then uh, starring the late, great, always great, I should say, Robert Forrester as David, uh, 
you know everybody should know Robert Forrester. 189 credits, probably one of the one of the biggest named or most recognizable actors. Period. Uh, character actor, of course. Uh, I always think of him, him from Jackie Brown. He was also in the Delta Force. Me, myself, Irene, and uh, he did a great job filling in as Sheriff Truman's, I think, brother in season th- uh, three of Twin Peaks a couple years ago. Uh, the love interest, Robin Riker, as Marissa. She did a ton of TV, including she had a stint on Days of Our Lives, and she showed up in an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And my favorite character from this entire movie, Henry Silva as Colonel Brock. Uh, another character actor, 140 credits. Uh, Dick Tracy, he was also the, he was in Dick Tracy. I should say he wasn't Dick Tracy, that was Warren Beatty. Uh, he was also uh, the voice of Bane in Batman in the Animated Series. He was uh, starring in the Steven Seagal classic, question mark, Above the Law. And my favorite film of his, Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai with Forrest Whitaker. Uh, Michael Gazzo is Chief Clark. He was also in Last Action Hero and The Godfather Part 3. Dean Yeager was Slade. He was in, he's in, this, this was his last film, but he went, he has, he has a career that went as far back as uh, White Christmas. He also starred in Game of Death with Bruce Lee and with Steve McQueen, more on him in a little bit, or at the end of the podcast, uh, in Vanishing Point. I'm pretty sure Steve McQueen was in Vanishing Point. Maybe I'm thinking of another actor. I don't know. Uh, and then Kane Hodder is actually credited as the alligator. Oh. Uh, excuse me. He's uncredited in this movie as the alligator. And of course, Kane Hodder, the best Jason and some of the worst Friday the 13th. Uh, and of course, horror icon uh, in his own regard. So Alligator. Now, this is a movie I've heard about and known about for a very long time, but I had never seen it. I had seen scenes from it, but never actually sat down start to finish and watched until a couple of nights ago. And it is, it is, it is, it should say the Jaws ripoff at the top because it is almost beat for beat Jaws. Uh, you have a deadly creature that is larger than normal. You have three main characters, one who is a cop and the hero of the film. You have a scientific expert like Hooper. And then you have a tough as nails and experienced hunter, Henry Silva's character like Quint. Uh, and then you have like a rookie cop, much like uh, oh, what's the Jeffrey Kramer from Clue, who was in Jaws. And you have like a, a politician who doesn't believe anything's wrong, much like, uh, oh, shoot, uh, Murray Hamilton from Jaws. And then you even have a direct scene almost taken from the beginning of Jaws 2. Where in Jaws 2, in case you don't remember, remember the uh, divers find the wreck of the orca and are taking pictures when Shark uh, Jaws 2, you know, that's his name in the movie. The shark is called Jaws 2, just wink, wink, uh, is attacking them. They take the pictures and really great scene from Jaws 2, I must say, when Brody's like, this is a shark. I know what a shark looks like because I've seen one up close. And he's showing the picture and it's it's clearly a shark. But all the politicians are like, oh, that's that's something on the lens. Uh, very similar scene, except this one. It's it's bl- the great thing about this movie is for that instance, they don't. They rip off the situation, but the outcome is totally different because the picture that the photographer actually takes is his feet, his legs in the mouth of the alligator. So there's no disputing that's an alligator. So at least it deviates from that a little bit. But yeah, this is absolutely 100%. Like I said, it should be called the Jaws ripoff because I don't think any of the other Jaws ripoffs I'll mention later on in the episode when I go over some of them are anywhere as directly beat for beat pulled from the greatest movie of all time jaws as alligator is but watching it for the first time knowing some of the big scenes in it it's it's a great watch it's worth watching one time at least uh i don't know if i mean i'll watch it again eventually probably i have no desire to see the sequel uh it's you know but uh i will say this the the cast mainly obviously robert forrester is the reason to watch the movie he is fantastic in this movie uh 
and the thing is, he plays it serious. Like uh, uh, his character, uh, his character in this movie is just—it's very—he's uh, very likable. Very, it feels very real. It feels very—it's a very natural performance. Like the character has some nuance to him. It's not just like reading lines, not saying you know, not insinuating Rob Roy Scheider did that. You know, I mean, Brody's one of the greatest characters in film history. Uh, but Robert, uh, I almost said Shaw, uh, Robert Forrester really kind of like. He's in a movie about a giant killer alligator in the sewers of Chicago. Okay. But he plays it so good. Like, you, like that's an actor. You know, you, you can kind of tell that he like thought, okay, this is going to be my character's thing. I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to, I'm going to play it like this. And he's, he does the entire movie. And really he's the key to making this ridiculous robotic alligator work in the film uh, a lot. So, but yeah, I, I honestly, I, it's it, again, I enjoyed it. It's not good enough to where I'm going to like, it's going to be a rotation or anything like that. You know, there's not exactly an alligator month uh, necessarily, even though of course, Jesse, we, you know, we grew up in Louisiana, so we got alligators all around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a familiar creature, but uh, you know, I don't think people, if I, we live in Chicago, you know, maybe we have a yearly viewing of alligators since it's tearing up the uh, landmarks for Chicago and it's rampage. But uh, yeah, not, you know, not bad. Definitely. I mean, it's early eighties. It's like we said, November, 1980 so it was technically probably started production in the 70s if you want to get technical about it but yeah it's uh it's fun now, that's the best way to put it i you know i enjoyed it but not necessarily gonna give it a uh, another watch for a, a good a good bit but uh jesse have you ever had the fortunate uh that's hold on let me let me start over that my wording was totally off with that have you ever had the uh the chance to see 1980s alligator only the real thing never the fictional <laughs> alligator gotcha uh and this wasn't one you know maybe it might maybe it came on monster vision or uh usa up all night but you know i've always familiar with certain a couple of scenes like yeah i've seen the alligator burst up to the city street before but i've never seen the movie so you know i've, I've, I've come across that somewhere in my uh lifetime but uh yeah not bad. Really, not, unfortunately, not too much to say about it. But it's uh, again, it's actually no. Actually, I, I do need to say this. I just thought about it. They go for it in this movie now. Like in Jaws, uh, the ge- again to our person who gave us a low review saying we didn't like Steven Spielberg. The genius of Spielberg in Jaws was utilizing what he could, what what worked in terms of the shark at when it needed to. Like for example, when uh, the the kid gets eaten in the raft in Jaws, uh, I have a great book called. Uh, let me make sure I got the right name. Uh, designing Jaws by Joe Alves, who was the production designer on Jaws, designed the designed Bruce, directed Jaws three. Unfortunately, uh, but they have the pictures, and they, there is like some brief scenes on some of the Jaws behind the scenes special features in the Blu-rays, where it shows how the original scene for Alex Kittner to be eaten in Jaws was the shark chewing him up, like to where you saw the shark then, but shark wasn't working. It didn't. They, they did film it. Didn't look right. Wasn't good enough for Spielberg. And thus, we just have the great scene of, of the way it is actually shown in the movie, where you, know, you just kind of see the fins roll over and the blood fountain and all that, you know. So he did what he had to do. Uh, genius, you know, absolutely genius. Uh, however, that's a child being eaten. Now, in this movie, there's a scene to where I'm watching, like, they're not going to do this. There's no way they're going to do this. This isn't going to, this, nope, they go, they go, I'm not going to spoil it from when you watch it, but they go for it in this movie. And I was, I was legit shocked that this happened in the movie uh, with a child. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we're watching the wedding scene, which is, you can watch, Jesse's watching on YouTube. So uh, just Google an alligator crashing a party if you don't want 
<laughs> Let me think. This alligator it could play for the majors because his accuracy of hitting people with his tail and sending them flying is amazing. Uh, except for the best part of the movie, for sure. But uh, like you know, uh, Jaws two, where that the nicest character gets eaten in the movie. That happens in this too. It's like the person you don't want to get killed, like it really has no reason to die, gets killed in this movie. And then thankfully the people that deserve, you know, the, the scumbag politicians in the movie, so to speak, as you're about to see here, Jesse, they get it. And then <laughs> they love that shot. Uh, again, visual joke on audio podcast, but uh, the low angle, it's like, it's, imagine a GoPro, you know, the car shot with the front tire and every, in any kind of, anytime there's a car chase, they always have that shot. Low angle, you're at the angle of the front tires. They're making a turn, following, pursuing a vehicle. They have that shot in this movie, but it's the it's on the alligator's front leg, <laughs> and they use it a lot. But it's great. Uh, like I said, the, like the effects. Like, <laughs> it's like the, the alligator never rolls. <laughs> yeah, because well, you can tell they have a head and they have a tail. Yeah, that's true. And also in this scene, again, sorry for this visual joke on audio podcast. I apologize. But, you know, as, a side, as an aside to Jesse, like he's biting the window and then the next shot is his tail hitting the, the car. Like Alec, they can't do that. They have to, like he has to turn around, you know, it's just so awkward. But it's it's hilarious nonetheless. So if you, if you don't go for watching this entire movie, at least just Google on or search on YouTube, I should say the uh, the scene of the alligator at the, the wedding reception at the end. It's worth the price of admission. For sure. Uh, but, yeah, it's 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 just fun. This movie, it's 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 dumb. It's dumb, but it's that's the thing. That's what I love about it. It's dumb, but the actors are at, are at, they're at, they're taking it seriously, and that makes it enjoyable. That helps you suspend the disbelief a little bit of this alleg this alligator on a on a dolly track sliding across this wedding reception. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the reveal is just like oh my god, and then you think oh god that poor girl, and then yep, sure enough that. That poor girl. Mm. It's terrible. Uh, but yeah, so check out Alligator. She's not a uh, she was just the help. <laughs> yeah, she, it's probably getting less than, you know, getting abused by the uh, the rich patrons of this wedding reception. She's just, the, you know, the maid. Sad, but uh, terrifying at the same time. But uh, yeah, some behind the scenes stuff. Uh, now, of course, the, there, there's always been that, well, I think most people have heard that urban legend of, you know, alligators are in the sewers. Well, this is a movie that brings that urban legend to terrifying life, so to speak. Uh, so that's the, you know, that's the basic that's the basicness of the story. The, in the in the pre credit or maybe it's right after you know the opening scene, I guess I should say. They this little girl gets an alligator and her dad flushes it down the toilet, and it ends up in the sewer with the Ninja Turtles. Except it doesn't; it just naturally grows big. Apparently, though, the sequel is called Alligator Two: The Mutation, and it was released in I think like the late nineties. Uh, That's a, you know, a huge gap. I was a 20 year gap. Oh, so 10 year gap. Yeah. So it, it came out after Ninja Turtles. The movie that the movie was. Oh, you're sorry. You said 90, Jesse. Yeah, it's it's on YouTube. Okay. As well. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, so Ninja Turtles the movie was what was it? Was it 90 or 91? It was early 90s. But anyway, the, like the cartoon was well out because the cartoon came out in the late 80s. So the whole thing about mutate, you know, that was a big thing and kind of pop culture you had a lot of like mutant stuff kind of around that time mainly because of ninja turtles to be honest what's the big thing about thing uh, with that uh you know so it was uh you know alligator 2 the mutation so it was actually then mutated in a sewer where turtles were mutated in a sewer so it all goes hand in hand you know it all it all lead, one thing leads to another and again the first one ripped off jaws this that the sequel 
takes a spin with the you know with some of the ideas from Ninja Turtles. But uh, Marissa, the uh, the the love interest in the film, played by Robert Robin Riker, she's a little girl in the beginning who flushes the alligator down the toilet, or whose alligator gets flushed down the toilet. And in the film, it doesn't matter that that really doesn't matter that that happens because she never even sees. There's no like connection. Like, oh my god, Ramon, her alligator. You know, there. Uh, it's not like the alligator, the baby the little alligator pup had like a distinguishing mark to where she sees it on the big alligator like oh my god that was my pet alligator it's really kind of there's no sense in connecting it because they never meet it it sets the entire story in motion but it has no connection there's no reason for that it's kind of just an extraneous thing to make it the same character but uh any jaws fan knows that after the first jaws movie the uh, robotic bruces were actually just left in the california sun in the uh universal studios back lot and just rotted away to nothing which is a crying shame for such an iconic uh, movie villain uh but the however for the um the malfunctioning often malfunctioning animatronic alligator used in this movie it was actually donated to the florida gators of the university of florida in gainesville as a team mascot and he actually made several appearance appearance appearances before the games and during halftime so if you went to a florida gators uh college football game in the uh, 80s sometime, you might have actually seen the star of Alligator, nicknamed Ramon. Uh, the director also was actually supposed to, uh, according to uh, Louis Teague, I should say, they, James Horner was actually supposed to score this film, but uh, due to a composer's strike, <laughs> uh, however that works, uh, he could not record his score, so he was replaced by another composer. So imagine having you know, Robert Forrester and then James Horner, a James Horner's score in this film. That would have been inc- incredible. <laughs> Because James Horner does good work, Braveheart, et cetera. And, of course, he passed away. So, unfortunately, no more scores. Uh, John Sayles read, read the original script for the film and actually totally scrapped it. He said it was actually originally set in Milwaukee or Milwaukee and explained that the alligator grew gigantic because of beer from a brewery going into the sewers. So, very logical that if an alligator drinks beer, it grows to an incredibly enormous size. All those calories. And I thought this was really... Hey, hey, Jesse! Once again, the voice of reason. The hike, yeah, that 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 honestly makes perfect sense. It's just a fat gator, you know. But I guess he couldn't move as fast as he does in this film, though. So, but uh, makes sense to me. Uh, but uh, world class top uh, top star actor Brian Cranston actually worked on this film as a production assistant for the special effects department. Uh, and in fact, after Robert Forrester passed away. Cranston tweeted that he and Forrester, who worked on a couple episodes of Breaking Bad together, first met on the set of Alligator. So uh, interesting how they, you know, they meet there, you know, when Robert Forrester is this pretty big star at that point, you know, numerous credits to his name, at least. And then, of course, Breaking Bad, Brian, you know, the PA on that movie is now the, the biggest star in television, you know, winning Emmy after Emmy, unjustly beating Matthew McConaughey for the first season of True Detective. I'm still not over it. Sorry. Uh, Joe Dante of Gremlins fame was actually offered the job of directing, but turned it down. And in an interview with legendary filmmaker Quentin Tarantino, he said that Robert Forrester's character from this movie inspired Robert Forrester's character in Jackie Brown. And honestly, once I was like, that makes perfect sense because it's basically the same character. So (laughs) it works. And I thought you'd be interested in this, Jesse. Uh, But there was a tabletop game based on Alligator distributed by the Ideal Toy Company in 1980 so i imagine it's pretty rare and probably quite the collector's item for (laughs) people who really really love this movie and then as we mentioned before alligator 2 released in 91 
direct to video. So that's all you need to know about that sequel, at least. Mainly because in the 90s, we're not going to cover it on the podcast, and I don't even know if you should check it out. But uh, yeah, again, no, we're here on the podcast. This week and next week, we're, we're, you know, we call it, I call it, I named it. I take full blame for it. I call it Shark Weeks because we're doing a Jaws ripoff and then a shark movie. But this week, we're going to talk about the history of Jaws ripoffs that are not sharks. Because there's a whole segment of Jaws ripoffs that are sharks and a whole segment of them that aren't. So obviously, Jaws came out in 1975. First summer blockbuster, biggest movie of all time when it came out. Still one of the greatest movies ever made, in my opinion, if not the greatest movie ever made. Definitely probably my favorite movie if I had to pick with a gun to my head. Or it just could be because I'm smelling blood in the water because Shark Week is in two weeks. Uh, actual Shark Week, I should say, on Discovery. But it inspired a slew of other films. Well, no, let's, let's be honest. Jaws was not the first giant creature goes on a rampage movie. You had stuff, you had uh, The Deadly Mantis, one of the universal horror movies back in the day. And you, know, you had Godzilla, you know, that's quite a little bit different thing. You know, God, Jaws is kind of that, that natural horror. You know, sharks don't get to be 25. Well, great whites don't get to be 25 feet uh, long, but they get, you know, I think the largest one was like 19 or 20 feet. And apparently there's one that they've discovery has been tracking. that's around 21. So no great white has ever been as big as Jaws, but you know, that whole theme of giant predators in nature stalking. <laughs> That sounded like a, a horror scene. <laughs> <laughs> Just all of a sudden. Yep. He, every time he does it, it scares all of us in the house. So uh, let me go back. Here you go. Here's your clap. <laughs> let me see. What did I leave? Actually, I might have to do another clap because I'm thinking where I need to pick up. What uh, was that? Let's see. I'll just go back talking about again, giant nature and that was uh, my mom's dog, Desi. <laughs> okay. He sees a piece of trash blow by the window and he just like, shrieks. sounded like a dog, but I don't think you have a dog. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Violet, what are you doing? Violet's screaming in her cage again. <laughs> anyway, okay, let me, let me see what uh, we were saying. Let's talk about the Jaws ripoffs. Okay, I'll just kind of come back to repeating what I was along that thought and I'll leave it. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be easy for you to just fit in. I'm so here we go. That was fun. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, just leave it in. We'll just keep rolling with it. It's live. We're doing it live. But anyway, yeah. So after in a post Jaws world, when because we know Hollywood works, something, some form, some kind of movie makes money. So Hollywood exploits it to the ground. Uh, so Jaws comes out, biggest movie of all time, the definitive summer blockbuster, the greatest movie. As I mentioned all that before, blah blah blah. But after Jaws in '76, you had Grizzly, a giant grizzly runs amok. In 77, you had Orca, a giant killer whale runs amok. 76, you had Squirm with a bunch of for their size worms running or slithering, sliding amok. You had dogs in 77. Speaking of the incident we just had happen here, uh, <laughs> the dog barking. Uh, tentacles in 77, a giant octopus. And then they just said, you know what? Screw it. Day of the animals. All the animals just go crazy in 77. 78, you had Piranha. Um, 78 also gave us Barracuda. In 79, they said, you know what? Crocodile. Let's do that. And then, of course, 80, you had Alligator. 81, you had Roar. And then 81, Piranha 2. So, uh, and there's there's more than that. Believe When I was looking them up, I was shocked at how many of the words that I haven't heard of. So there's tons of ones that, nope, that you haven't even heard of that were all just like, oh, quick, pick an animal that hasn't been a giant killer 
animal yet in a film and make a movie out of it. And there's still, you know, they still every now and then something like that comes along. Like speaking of alligator or crocodiles, I should say, uh, there's a great movie that came out maybe early 2000s called Rogue. Took place in Australia. We love Australia. Uh, really, if you, you know, if you want to, if you want a good movie about a rep, a giant reptile running amok that's not called Jurassic something, check out Rogue. Uh, and then, uh, of course, here we had the one with other with actually alligators, not crocodiles. Uh, what was that called? Crawl came out a couple years ago, which was absolutely ridiculous, but it's dumb fun. It was enjoyable. But uh, yeah, so you know, Jaws, and to this day, every time I, I mean, that's the thing, Jaws. If you look back in history of, of film, you know, Star Wars set a really high bar for sci-fi, but, you know, it started a franchise, but I mean, it wasn't the best science fiction movie ever made. You know, you got Blade Runner coming out after it, you got Alien, you know, it, it, it opened up a lot of doors, but it, it still wasn't the best, you know, Jaws still and probably forever, <laughs> let's be honest, because I mean, we're going on 40 years now. Is uh actually fifty years seventy five uh, yeah I mean uh, two thousand twenty twenty five will be what the fiftieth anniversary of Jaws oh, wow. you know yeah. half a decade and they haven't come they they honestly there are some good shark there are some good and decent shark movies more on actual shark movies next week but let's be honest you're not going to top Jaws it, that's I, I will be the first one to eat my shoe if a, a shark movie can come out and be better than Jaws it's not going to happen in my lifetime I truly believe that. But I'm on the shark movies next week. But yeah, Jesse, off the top of your head, can you think of an animal that they could exploit to attack humans and make a movie of it that's not one that I've already mentioned? Meerkats. Oh. <laughs> That'd be creepy because they like stand up, you know? So it's like yeah. you can't see them, and all of a sudden you're like, where are they? And all of a sudden, poof, they just like pop up in front of you and silhouettes rise in the window all yeah. one, one the exactly the, the shadows <laughs> you know, but see, that's, that's a see that that's see that's that's what needs to happen there needs to be a parody you know because jaws 3 like we talked about in that episode years ago you know the original idea for jaws 3 was jaws 3 people zero they even knew after jaws 2 okay we made the best sequel we could to jaws we need to stop and just make a parody <laughs> And then, of course, Spielberg said no. Other people, you know, the studio said no. We want another one, and we got Jaws three, which is still dumb fun uh, to me. You know, so yeah, Mir- you know, Meerkat, and then like that's the thing. We need to make them. Or, no, Justin, we just need to make like a documentary about the making of a movie that never happened. It's called Meerkats, and you know, we know we just get a, a puppet. You know, which like the puppets, you know, the 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 the, the, the um, animatronic Meerkats just never worked. So I had to, be, you know, we just basically parody Spielberg. Like you had to use shadows and. We just show all the scenes that we can do without actually having a mechanical meerkat puppet. There's a lot of so green anyway, screen. Copyright age revisited 2023. Green and... yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so yeah, you know, again, anytime, like I said, you know, Jaws kicked open the door for all these giant, you know, nature run amok, a whole craze of nature run amok movies. Some good, some bad. Uh, Grizzly, not terrible. Orca, decent. Uh, haven't seen Squirm, haven't seen Dogs. Tentacles is, is kind of silly, but fun. Day of the Animals, I didn't care for it. Piranha is probably the best of the bunch. Piranha and uh, uh, Orca are probably the two that were, were definitely worth seeing. But they're in the 70s, so I couldn't. I was so disappointed. I was like, I think Piranha's 80. Nah, Piranha's 78. However, Piranha 2 The Spawning is 81. Maybe next Shark Week we'll do another Jaws ripoff. A sequel to a Jaws ripoff, I should say. But score-wise, Alligator... Like I said before, without repeating myself again too much, like I tend to do on the podcast, 
It's it's fun. It's worth watching once. I I originally put a five. You know, it's as in just nothing too special. But honestly, I, I raised it a six for Robert Forrester alone carries the film really and just is just great in it. He's just really good in it. And then uh, the scene at the end is just so ridiculous. Had a smile on my face the whole time. So that's that alone's worth the price of at least one ticket, so to speak, to it. So uh, I think you should check it out. But uh, again, in the real world, this film released November 14th, 1980. And to kind of tie it into the recent amazing astronomy news that we've got this week with the uh, was the James Webb telescope and those absolutely incredible images of our solar system. Uh, back around the time of this movie, uh, on the, between November 10th and November 12th, 1980, we're going all the way back to the Voyager program. Uh, Voyager 1 made its closest approach to Saturn when it flies within 77,000 miles, 124 kilometers of the planet's cloud tops and sends the first high-resolution images to the, of the world of Saturn, the world of Saturn, back to scientists on Earth. So yeah, just 40, uh, 42 years ago, we were just getting pictures of Saturn. And earlier this week, as of this recording, we got pictures of the farthest, the clearest, greatest pictures of our galaxy, of the entire universe we've ever gotten which is absolutely incredible. If you haven't seen those pictures, definitely go check them out. And then born November 12th, two days right two days right before Alligator released, Ryan Gosling, Ken in the Barbie movie, the lucky son of a bitch playing opposite Margot Robbie. Uh, and I didn't know this, Ryan Gosling's Canadian, Canadian actor and musician as credited on Wikipedia. And then of course, uh, I mentioned Steve McQueen earlier, November 7th, one week before Alligator terrorized theaters. Steve McQueen, legendary actor, passed away, born in 1930, died in 1980 on November 7th. Uh, of course, I think of Steve McQueen, I think of the blob because that's the first thing I ever knew him from. Uh, and was he, I saw you had Vanishing Point up, Jesse. Was he in Vanishing Point? Was I remembering, remembering that correctly? Um, I didn't see it. Let's Double checking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I might be thinking of Bullet. I might have, because there's two like racing or two famous car movies. Uh, and I think it might have been Bullet is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, he's not in that one. I think, in fact, I'm pretty. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of Bullet. So I'm not perfect, people. I just try to be. But uh, anyway, back to the future this week, Jesse. We just recorded a couple of days ago, so <laughs> I haven't right. seen anything new uh, or anything current. I should say. However, uh, what I've been doing between watching the movies for the podcast, I've been going back and catching up on uh, blind spots movie blind spots that I have like some movies that I've, I know about or I knew about, but I never actually saw them or at least saw them in total. And two of those that I did see recently, one was apt pupil, I'm a big Stephen King fan, just never, never saw that movie uh, directed by uh, multiply, multiple times accused child uh, minor molester. I should say Brian Singer, who for some reason is, you know, still making movies, which blows my mind. Uh, but yeah, App Pupil, I love Stephen King, love Ian McKellen, the movie sucked. Uh, don't recommend it. <laughs> it was just like, these people are terrible. Every one of them, I have nobody to like in this movie. It's just, ugh, did not care for it. But I did see uh, Falling Down with Michael Douglas, which I've known about that movie forever. Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I ne again, it's just a movie I never sat down and watched start to finish. Actually, just watched it last night. Uh, um, a fantastic movie. Uh, aside from uh, you'd think it was made in the 80s by some of the language some of the characters use. But uh, the, in the defense of the movie, the character that's using these words is uh, 
legitimately a Nazi. <laughs> so, uh, but it's uh, it's almost it's definitely a precursor of sorts to films like Hard Candy or Little Children. Uh, both coincidentally, coincidentally with, with both of which star Patrick Wilson, uh, to where like you're like you don't kind of know who to root for until the end. Like what like what are you supposed to be seeing here? And honestly, watching Falling Down in today's day and age was terrifying. Honestly, to be perfectly honest with you, but uh, Robert, Duvall, I didn't realize Robert Duvall was in it, and uh, you know Robert Duvall's great actor, never necessarily been like one of my favorite actors. But this might be, and him and falling down might actually be his best performance to me. He was phenomenal in that movie. So if you haven't seen Falling Down with Michael Douglas, uh, again, it's a '90s movie, so it's you know we do tend to talk about '90s movies on '80s Revisited occasionally. Uh, definitely worth checking out. I recommend it for sure. I thought it was pretty good. And then uh, Jesse, anything? If you had time to between, I know you had a lot of work going on. Have you had time to see or do or play anything new the past week or a few days since we last spoke? I don't think so. Yeah, I had been doing all this remodeling stuff, so yeah, I haven't. Um, nothing comes to mind as things I've seen. Everything I've already mentioned. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 oh, go ahead. Sorry. I wish I could remember. I wish I could. Or I wish I had something. I don't think I did. It was only a couple of days. We'll have a full week between next recordings, so yeah. <laughs> we'll probably have. We should have something to, new to report then. Hopefully, if not, just don't go back to the future. But uh, we did get an email from our good friend Plane Pulling Tom, but it's more shark related specifically. So we'll read that one next week when we talk about a shark movie. And of course, if you want to send an email, uh, age revisited at gmail.com on Facebook, eighties revisited podcast on Instagram, eight zero s underscore. Revisited. We relate to the game on Instagram, so that's why we got the name with the underscore. Sorry, people. Uh, but uh, also, shout-outs to our good friends near and far, Cajun Tour Review, John Lafayette. Check it out if, you're, if you want to get the latest and greatest tour reviews. And, of course, uh, check out TCW, Tasmanian Championship Wrestling, our good friend Ben Doomslayer Wyatt. They just announced his new match against some dude, uh, something Malibu, Biff Malibu or something like that. <laughs> so I'm keeping my fingers crossed and cheering for the Doomslayer to take down this Looks like a loud American character, if I had to guess. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Ben will let me know. <laughs> this is a character. Uh, but uh, cheering for the Doom Slayer to get two wins in a row and get the one, two, three, and get his hand raised at the end. And, of course, leave a review if you'd like. We'd appreciate it, good or bad. If it's a good one, just say, you know, hey, that's good enough. But if it's a bad one, we just ask, tell us why. And a one word thing or a one sentence thing, like they're too woke or they, he talks about progressive politics. That's not enough. Be a little more detailed so we can, if it's valid, we'll improve. And if it's BS, we'll call you out on it on the show because we got the receipts because everything I say is recorded and I can prove you wrong or I can prove you right and eat crow. So anyway, next week we conclude shark weeks, plural, with our actual shark movie as we cover the last shark, a.k.a. Great White uh, it's a doozy. I've seen this one before, and I'm actually looking forward to watching it again because it's ridiculous. <laughs> so there you go. But I do believe it is on YouTube. And uh, like I mentioned last week, if possible, I would recommend watching, trying to find the Rift Tracks version. That's the one that's on YouTube. Uh, I think it's a, oh perfect. And if, you, if for some reason it's not on YouTube in your country, get a VPN. Otherwise, uh, I think it's on Amazon where you can rent it for like a couple bucks. But it is absolutely worth it. And much easier to watch if you watch it with riff, riff tracks. I've seen it with with and without, and it's definitely worth the riff, uh, the riff track price admission. You know, it's it's not taking away from it because believe me, this is, and you'll see, 
You'll see exactly what I mean if you watch it. You'll be glad you'd watched it with Rift Tracks. Or at least be inebriated. At least have a, a couple of shots and a, a couple of beers or something when you're watching it because it's uh, it is it is definitely a movie. I'll put it to you that way. So uh, I think we covered everything. Double checking my notes. I think that's it. So everybody, you know, be careful in the water. If you if you're on the water this holiday season in the summer, uh, I've seen quite a few shark attacks this year. Actually reported uh, big ones, especially of course I'm on the west coast. Technically, I'm close to the closer to the West Coast than the Gulf Coast now. A lot of great white attacks this year already. So uh, be careful out there if you're swimming. You know, watch the flags, watch for signs. But remember, it's their home, not ours. Don't hate the shark. We kill millions each year, and every now and then they kill a couple of us. So, you know, not a bad trade-off, I guess. So anyway, and then uh, yeah, I guess that's it. So until next week, I remain Trey Harris. Yes, essentially. Cowabunga! Cowabunga!